Okay, welcome back to the Think Education podcast. Uh, I'm Chris Hill, joined as always by Judith Lamy. And uh, we were chatting about this before we, we sort of went live, but um, this is back to basics, right? This is, there's no guests. Um, we don't have to be bothered by intelligent people making insightful comments. It's just the two of us <laughs> having a, a conversation about um, stuff. And of course, we have, we have no plan, no, no agenda, no structured questions. It's just going to be back, back to the purity of, uh, of where we began. Um, and actually, interestingly enough, this is, I'm not quite sure how to correctly describe this, but this is where I think we're becoming a little bit meta. So what we're on a podcast about to talk about Judith's recent trip to Bulgaria. And obviously we'll talk about that in detail. But during the trip in Bulgaria, Judith is talking to people about being on the podcast and talking to people about the book that we're writing that will then re come back to be on the podcast. And then we will talk about them being on. It's, it's getting a little bit hard yeah. to keep track of what's happening. Um, it's all good. Um, it but, uh, <laughs> but yes, yeah, it's uh, yeah. So, I mean, you're, you're back. I mean, we're, we're recording this, obviously this, this week. Um, it's the 2nd of November. You, you got back from your trip, what, two days ago, three days ago, recently, right? It's just, yeah, just at the end of last week, actually, just on, on Friday. Well, very, very uh, early Friday morning, thanks to the fact that the M40 uh, <sighs> in England was closed. Sure. As we got halfway back from um, from Heathrow. Uh, the, the delights of travel, as we were talking about the other day. This, yeah. is, this is one of them. Just at that point when you go, well, the good thing about landing at midnight is, you know, what, they were going to be really easy to get home. Yep. And then an hour into it, they close the motorway and then they just say, well, off you go, find your own way back then. Yeah. <laughs> just, this road is closed. There's a Had I not been a little bit tired, I'd have said, hang on a minute, I'll just get out the car and take a picture of this because this would be, you know. My, symbolic of something my um my phd supervisor and, and at one point head of school uh, professor paul hayward in in nottingham used to have a a cartoon on his office door that um had a sort of a motorway operational on one side and then you know half of it closed and the caption just said closed for spite <laughs> <laughs> and you know yes. that kind of just sums that up yeah um <laughs> yeah yeah, but so, but anyway, you made it back. Oh, yeah. Tired, but you made it back. But um, I made it. I made it back. I made it back. It took me the usual two days to get over it, even though actually there was no jet lag, obviously whatsoever. It was only a few hours, but uh, but it was a bit like yeah, it was. Um, you know, first time I'd ever been to Bulgaria, so really fascinating trip. Uh, absolutely beautiful, stunning country. You know, uh, only obviously only there for a few days and only saw a bit of it. So we spent our time in in Sofia, the capital. Uh, and it was part of um, the British Council are uh, doing a number of um, higher education missions to countries um, to help develop different types of transnational education. You know, so there could be some partnership development, it could be areas around research, it could be areas around franchising or validation or articulation or any types. So we all know what transnational education is, obviously, yep. having written it as well as read books about it. Um, so it's part of one of the, the, the series um, of those missions. 
uh, and um, and at Swansea University, you know, one of our areas of focus is in in a, around that region and around the Balkans, in particular. Uh, so we were really excited that they were having this opportunity to go there and um, and to visit. So yeah, so as I say, Chris, it, it was the first opportunity certainly for myself, and I went with a colleague of mine, um, Chris Kelly, who's the head of marketing and recruitment and um, international at the the university probably because they don't always like certain of us to go out to places on our own because you never know kind of things what you'll sign yeah with with your yeah, level of authority exactly. what what yes. agreement you might come back with that's right yeah. i just sign that yeah, yeah. so yeah. having spent quite a long time telling people off for doing that you know that you then end up doing it yourself but such is life yeah um, so one one small point of clarification for you know regular listeners your university Swansea is in which country? Oh, I should have mentioned, shouldn't <laughs> I? Yes, in the lovely Wales. Yeah, for those Just playing the on, bingo on a, game. On a day, on a day when England, by and large, and bits of Wales, it has to be said, but certainly the, the south of England is coming in for something of a battering with Storm Kieran. Yeah. Um, I'm looking out and the lovely Welsh landscape here and pretty much looks like it does most, most days. Yeah. <laughs> there's a bit of rain, there's a bit of wind. Uh, there are people who are deciding that maybe buying an umbrella wasn't a good idea. So, yes, yes, there's, uh, there's nobody else on with us today, so I feel as though, of yeah. course, I should be flagging my, yeah. my little Welsh flag. So, um, okay. It, well, I think it's actually really interesting before maybe I ask you a bit more about the trip. I think it's really interesting to yeah. to hear about the diversity within t and So, you know, the, the council's current approach, because obviously you and I have been involved in t and for, for a long time. And in many of the sort of receiving nations, t and used to be viewed as just a single entity. It was just a thing. We want t and you know, and and it's really interesting to hear conversations now about research, you know, as in being a, f- a formal function, as it were, of, of T&E. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've had lots of conversations with people about, you know, the often it's the, the student mobility partnerships where there's maybe a greater financial, I don't know, if not reality, potential, um, whereas often research is more speculative. Um, uh, so it's, it's really nice to hear um, you know, targeted contextual approaches, looking at where what type of team can be best developed, where and for for, for sort of mutual benefit. Um, so, what was I the? Think that's a, sorry, yeah, please. Yeah, I think that. I mean, just talking generically at the moment, I think that's a really, really good point, Chris. Because as you say, I think in the past we'd very often have conversations, what we particularly in the TNE space, mostly around things such as franchises and validations. Sure. But anyway, teaching yeah. collaboration in some way. And and usually with University X over here has programs and University Y over here wants those programs. Yeah. So can you basically sell them those programs? Something along those lines. Yeah. Um, it, there was, there's benefit to everybody in it. That's why pe- people were doing it. So there's nothing wrong with that. But that's sort of, you know, what a lot of it was about. And I think now, and I know we've had discussions about this in the past in terms of types of partnerships as well, but I think as partnerships become more sophisticated, you know, as we become also, I think, aware that, you know, the different levels of partnerships and the different ways in which you can engage can also mean that in any partnership and relationship, you know, both sides have something important to give. Yeah. 
and to bring to the table. It isn't just about University X having something that University Y wants. It is actually about University Y having something as well. You know, so I think there's that knowledge and awareness yeah. that um, that that these are level playing fields with what we're looking at, and that that there are there are therefore other things that one can talk about beyond sometimes just the very sort of basic, more prosaic aspects of yeah. of teaching different programs overseas. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that that I think you know is something that is striking me more and more now, and probably also has something to do with our universities trying to link in what we are doing in terms of collaborations overseas with other institutions and understanding about them more and knowing about them more, Yeah, you know, and maximising the benefits. You know, it's not entirely altruistic. It's something that is, again, useful for absolutely everybody, but then you can connect all parts of the circle together, can't you? Absolutely. Um, I mean, I think it was, we, we have this conversation, I mean, with many people, but sort of most strikingly remember talking to Bola Ibrahim about this and you know the the TNE arrangement within you know within Egypt and and, yes. and talking also talking to Cheryl you about the the fact that you know the the English being the dominant language of research publication creates a perception of where the value of knowledge lies and you know that therefore creates an imbalance which you know creates creates etc and so i mean yeah the the increased sort of interaction on a research level the increased sort of peer to peer uh, partnerships, the as you say, the the increased understanding, the increased sort of access, uh, etc. Um, and if nothing else, as you say, it's not doesn't have to be purely altruistic. If if we look at you know research indicators and rankings, you know publishing internationally, publishing in collaboration, publishing with multiple sites, it's a hugely benefit. It's it's in all of our interest, you know, both counting wise and That's... the actual information and knowledge side as well, right? And it's. Coming then down to the, the uh, discussions that, that we had in Bulgaria, that was precisely one of the things that was mentioned, Chris, about, you know, the, the universities there saying themselves, this is really important for us, it's really important that we engage in international research, we've got excellent research here, it's important that we have, have our collaborations, that we publish jointly, uh, that we publish in English, mm journals as well if you see what i mean now whether you think that's right or not it is in a sense of bit you know it's a moot point yeah. you know it is what it is that but that's something that is really important and therefore you need to be bringing the research teams together don't you to have that yeah. kind of a conversation so you might be having a conversation about whether you have joint programs etc in certain areas um but equally there were those conversations in terms of well these are the areas of expertise we have you know, within the institution, and um, and do you have comparable, you know, areas of expertise within yours, and is there an opportunity to collaborate? Yeah, yeah. And yeah, so I, I think that you know these are the kind of conversations that that um, you probably should have been having before, yeah. but we're yeah. certainly having much more now. Yeah, yeah. You know, but but one thing that I did particularly want to um, mention today and. And this also uh, links in with the discussions we had with Vicky Lewis previously um, around language teaching and learning. Yeah. Because um, what I was just impressed with beyond words <laughs> was the, the system that um, Bulgaria has um, across its school system. Mm -hmm. 
in terms of enabling uh, students to study languages and to study, you know, and obviously not only your own language, indeed, or in English, but in lots and lots of different languages, schools that operate in different languages. And, and again, here, I'm not talking just, don't take offence, people, I'm not talking just French and German, I'm talking Korean, Japanese, Chinese, you know, things, and I always try, and I'm sure you're the same, Chris, and I'm sure many of our readers are, listeners, listeners are, I always try when I go to places for the first time not to have any preconceived ideas about what it's going to be like, you know, what's, but you sort of can't help it a little bit, yeah. you know, there's yeah, a little yeah. bit of you there. And I have to admit, and I, and I can't talk about it in any great detail, because obviously I, I just initially had chats to people about it over over sort of coffees and, and teas because the main area of business obviously was around higher education. But it would be great at a certain point to maybe bring in some of the colleagues that I met in in Sophia to talk to us about it. But, you know, one lady was saying that um, her son is studying at his high school and his high school uh, delivers several... Um, several programs, several courses in Japanese. Mm. And also, I'm not talking about just learning the Japanese language. He, for example, is doing some chemistry in Japanese. <sighs> He's learning, you know, history in Japanese. So it's just as, you know, Mum Vicky was talking yeah, about yeah. the kind of things that she was doing, yeah. you know. And... To be honest, I was just, I, I mean, I must have just, my facial expression must have been wonderful at the time. You know, a mixture of delight and just envy, yeah. you know. Um, but it was wonderful to hear about it. And indeed, um, when Chris and I met with some of our um, alumni there, so a few of our alumni who'd come to study at the, the, the university in different sort of programmes, business, engineering, some of them, graphic design, things like that. Um, uh, one of them was saying about that himself because we'd heard about it in the afternoon. We said, did you have this? And, it, and one of the young men there said, yes. He said his high school was a high school where they were taught um, not only in Bulgarian but in Spanish. Hmm. So he had the opportunity to study whatever programs and things that he wanted to also in Spanish. So I'm sure there's so much more that we could learn about from that point of view. But it was one of those examples of something, you know, where you arrive and you're just chit-chatting to people yeah. over a coffee about families and they're saying, oh, well, you know, I'm just going to pick up my son and, and, and I heard that you're interested in Japan. Well, he's learning Japanese and I'm, you know, and you're like, what? Yeah. Um, so it was, it was really fascinating. And therefore, I suppose as well, it then made me think, you know, when I met the alumni I and mean, when I met some students as well the following day, which I'll come on to in a moment when we visited Sophia University, you know, just just therefore the types of students that they were, mm -hmm. not simply being proficient in other languages, not least in English, um, but just their openness and their willingness and their interest in different countries and cultures. Um uh, and, it, and it was really very, very impressive. Anyways, you can, as yeah. you can tell, you know. Yeah, no, I mean, it's um, 
It's funny because I mean, like like you, I've I've learned other languages. I've I've learned them in school. Like we're talking with Vicky. Vicky, I've learned them in school. I've learned them, you know, or let's no, mm-hmm. say, I am trying to learn them independently. Let's let's be accurate about about this. <laughs> um, and I mean, we were t- yeah. It's it's so interesting because when we talked with Vicky, we were talking about the sort of the underpinning philosophy and 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 where languages fit within the sort of educational structure. And, I mean, I don't know remotely any. Well, I don't know anything about it, but. Uh, other than on a personal level, that when I speak in a different language and I think in a different language, it, it changes a, a, an element of my personality. It changes a little bit about how I how I, I am. And I wonder, you know, you're, literally your brain chemistry, that ability to to switch between and learn a subject in a second or third or fourth language, and what that does for your, as Vicky said, you know, those skills, that ability to open up, that ability to just see the world differently. Um, you yeah. know, you sort of moving across things uh, in a in a very different very different way. I mean, it's, it's a completely different philosophy. You know, it's, it's, a, that, I mean, that's, that's amazing. Um, and so, you know, as I say, then there's, there's those kind of things that you learn, don't you, when you just go to places that you, it, it just wasn't something certainly on my radar at all, you know, and it really did then make me think not only about what we do and how we deliver things but just simply also then um you know reflecting on the students themselves and you know this is why in the past when I've had quite a few Bulgarian students actually certainly in my previous life more in in terms of teaching you know in in applied linguistics you know and they have without a doubt shadow of a doubt all of them been superb students Mm. and I just thought they were superb students you know um, it turns out they're just they're just ordinary they're just ordinary Bulgarian students because they're all awesome. Yes, <laughs> yes, so clearly. Yeah. <laughs> so everybody go to Bulgaria, yeah. uh, practice lots of languages. But no, it was so that was one aspect that totally took me by surprise and was really interesting given the conversation we just had with Vicky. You know, not least about the state of language learning and teaching yeah. in 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 the UK. Um, but the other. Obviously, the other delightful thing was um, was just meeting colleagues from different different universities there. So we met um, a number of, of colleagues from places such as Trachea University, the Medical University of Sofia. We also met um, a, a, a gentleman from the Bulgarian Academy of Sciences. So we had an opportunity... Um, we had an opportunity on the first evening to get to know each other a little bit over mm-hmm. some food, which was nice. Uh, and always, and, and again, one of those things where it reminded me of how much easier it is to just informally start to get to know each other and chit chat when you're there face to face, talking to each other, because otherwise, because you don't know people, you know, so you automatically start to get to relax a bit more and know each other a bit more. Um, so it was it was wonderful to do that, and then the next day um, we were at the um, ambassador's uh, residence. The ambassador knew this. We didn't all just catch you know, <laughs> up at his residence, knock on the door, and say, "Let us in," you know. Um, although ironically, he was actually in the UK because the UK has just signed a declaration with Bulgaria to facilitate more collaborative working. Okay. Um, particularly across higher education. So it was a stun- stunningly good timing. We had the wonderful deputy uh, ambassador there with us, as Chapman. Um, 
but it was yes wonderful timing from all points of view so anyway we're at his residence and um there were a number of us from the uk and a number of universities from um from across bulgaria but but also in a number from sofia but from yes yeah, so we had a university of economics from varna for example so quite a few had had come and, and traveled to, to meet us and uh, we had some discussion and debate in the morning uh, around different um different types of recognition we had uh, presenters from the various agencies you know their equivalents of qia and things like that people from the ministry um so we had an opportunity to discuss with them which was great and then we had like little matchmaking sessions mm-hmm. uh, in the afternoon where we had an opportunity to to talk in a little bit more detail about the kind of things that we might do together and the great thing was of course because there weren't so many of us there were probably six or seven universities from both sides which was just the right number so you could really get to know each other a bit you know and talk in a bit more detail and because we'd met the night before yeah yeah we could hit the ground running a bit that that day um and so you know so we had some fantastic conversations and and i suppose just to just to 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 pick one of them you know we met with colleagues from sofia university one of the oldest universities i believe in the whole region you know founded i think in the 1800s uh in the late 1800s um and we 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 talked to them about their you know the different programs they got we met uh, the vice dean um and the dean actually then came to meet us from their education faculty but we also met other colleagues from business and from economic and from psychology and um, etc uh, and you know we talked going back to what we we're talking about originally we talked about some opportunities for joint collaborative working across programs but really importantly we talked about what we might do in terms of research collaboration mm. bringing our research together bringing our researchers together and bringing our students together to see if you know they could really you know interact and work together and because we'd left ourselves a little bit of time the next day and and also uh because largely of british airways uh, schedule <laughs> we weren't flying out the next day until really rather late hence the late arrival yeah, in heathrow yeah. um we were so lucky because uh, we had a wonderful discussions with sophia university and they asked us to go and visit them the next day mm. so chris and i went to visit them and we went to the university we 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 met with 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 rosie and her colleagues and um and met some students and it was just a stunning institution i would suggest everybody listening to this now goes away google sophia university looks at the pictures and will go wow mm. there are no other words you do not need a word any bigger than three letters <laughs> nice because it's just an astonishingly beautiful place and and it's almost that's what sophia is like itself but the university as i say very old beautifully grand buildings but also just a, a really lovely a lovely feel to it you know as well so it was just it was fascinating um meeting them and meeting people for the first time and um you know and and, and learning a little bit about the country and the culture and the language uh and the ambitions you know of 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 somewhere like bulgaria so i really hope that we'll be able to have an opportunity maybe to to bring other 
colleagues on mm. to maybe talk to us in a little bit more detail about what they're doing. And I did ask um, our alumni when I was out there if they'd like to to join us to tell us a little bit about their experiences and a little bit more about um, Bulgaria as well. Uh, and hopefully that will be happening uh, in the not too far distant future. And because in particular, Chris, I do know that you like it when I have other people on our podcast who have got some connection with mm, <laughs> Wales. Absolutely. I know you like that. Absolutely, um, yeah. <laughs> A month cannot go by when we don't gang up on you. No, I'm pretty sure that's in the podcast agreement that we signed, right? It's, it's a disclaimer. I think it must be. I think it yeah. must be somewhere, yeah. mustn't it? But, I mean, it's what I think... I mean, I, I've never been, so it's, it's a, you know, it's a nice, for me, sort of snapshot into uh, what, what it's like. But, I mean, one of the things I've, I've really enjoyed about the conversations we've had over the past, what year, I guess, with the podcast is is this diversity that's becoming more part of the narrative within TNE. So, you know, historically, you know, TNE was in, I mean, not literally, but sort of like three places in the world, right? And there were, you know, major hubs and a lot of TNE took place in, in, if not this country, then this sort of region. So we had, you know, the Gulf, we had Southeast Asia, et cetera. But, you know, um, I mean, because for me, it sort of started when I, I became involved with, Westminster International University in Tashkent and we've had several colleagues um, from there either on the podcast or who've contributed chapters and yes. at that point you know the university was 20 something years old and I'd, I'd never heard of it and you think well I'm I'm somewhat familiar right with T&E and you know and then the conversation we had with Bola and you think oh okay there's there's you know there's it's really interesting to learn about the the either emerging or already consolidated you know, T&E activities um, um, to see, you know, how they're navigating that landscape. And as you say, I think the motivations is a really interesting thing because T&E yeah. shifts so much compared to, you know, government policy or capability or, you know, just, just financial um, opportunity. And it's always, it's really interesting to see different parts of the puzzle, you know, or the picture rather than not, maybe not puzzle coming, coming, becoming more, more evident. Um, no, so let's, I mean, let's hope we do, we do get more colleagues from, um, colleagues, students, etc. from, uh, from, well, one too many universities in Bulgaria. I mean, it'd be great to hear hear more of their their perspective. Um, what did you get a sense of what um, their mo? I mean, I can't. I mean, it's too much of an aggregate to say their motivation. But did you get a, a sense of motivational factors when you were you were there? From the from the from people that you spoke to, yeah, 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 yeah. And I, I think it 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 varied depending on the type of institution sure. in particular. Yeah. So, which is quite natural, isn't it? And indeed, we on on the our, our delegation, we had colleagues from a number of different types of institutions. You know, some that have got a lot of experience in franchising and validation, like Bedfordshire University, um, and and others who you know have have got strong research collaborations and are looking at those kind of areas, like like Swansea. You know, so I think that was quite interesting. So it was. Um, yeah, it was fascinating talking to some of the uh, individuals. Some have come very, very well prepared. Mm. You know, literally, they sat down. They would, they would. I'm not entirely sure how they'll cope with being on a podcast with you and I, Chris, given the level of preparedness that often is involved. <laughs> um, but, but you know, they come, they sit down, they go, "This is what we're doing, and this is how we'd like to talk to you about something." Mm. Over to you. Can you help us, or can we work together? And uh, and that was fascinating. Down to others who were like, well, you know, this is what we do, and 
we think you do some of the things. Mm. Um, let's talk. Uh, so there was um, so there was a, a wide variety actually. There were a, a couple of institutions that were particularly um, keen on uh, PhD mm. uh, provision and joint PhD provision. Also, one looking particularly at developing industrial PhD. So a PhD that will be basically, you know, supported by in industry. Yeah. So that students, you know, it's it, you know would be able to be supported whilst doing it, and then would have a, a career afterwards. So there were a few that were in in that space, which was interesting, and came with there's a, um, a lot of UK students actually do go to. Bulgaria as well, which is particularly interesting, and a lot of them go to study medicine. Oh, okay. Medicine, health, you know, again something where you think, oh, wasn't. Yeah, no, didn't know that. No, no. Um, But then there are a lot, not only of medical universities, but universities that themselves have, you know, mature, excellent medical schools. So there were quite a few that wanted to talk about collaborations in different areas of. You have medicine or medical technologies or different areas of applied health, for example. So that was interesting. And, of course, we've got a very um, well-known medical school at Swansea University, so that was interesting to talk to them. Something that university, all of them wanted to be looking at was uh, exchange agreements and mobility of both students and staff. And, of course, this is when... Wales came to the forefront here because uh, since since Brexit and since um, since UK obviously leaving Brexit and the opportunity to no longer be part of the Horizon programs then, but but also of course the Erasmus programs in particular. Um, there is the Turing program across um, the UK and and England that um, that provides resource to have students mm. come in, I think, anyway, one way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, but Wales has um, a programme called Tithe. That means that not only can students be accepted, but also students can be sent. Mm. So, the, so the, the Welsh government sets aside, I think it's something like 67, 68 million pounds uh, for this program, just for Welsh universities, precisely to deal with that gap sure. of, yeah, yeah. you know, of being able to send students because exchange agreements have to be reciprocal. Yes. Otherwise, it's why would exchange. the university spend money sending some somebody to you if they're not going yeah. to get something in return? Yeah, yeah. So that was a really useful thing for us to be able to talk about, and something that was really welcomed by all the universities we talked to. The fact that we could. Um, we, we have this the Tithe programme in, in Wales. And, of course, Tithe also does support research collaboration and exchange and mobility, as well as mobility for students and for, um, and for teaching programmes. So, so that, was, that was what... So I think that, they were this, that was sort of a key motivation for, for people. It was some, some areas in terms of research, some around uh, PhDs, some around joint programmes and collaborative programmes, um, uh, um, then particularly around um, around areas, I say, in terms of in terms of mobility, and a real strong focus. And I know we've all been saying this for a long time now, and we're finally all doing it. Less on 
let's let's have an MOU. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> and more on what we're going to do. What are we going to do this year? Yeah. What are we going to say that if somebody says to us in six months' time, that's a nice piece of paper, but what have you actually done? Yeah. What are you going to do? Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's why people like to start with the exchange agreements and mobility side because you feel as though if you've got that, you can get it up and running quite quickly. Yeah. So there was a real appetite not just to to sit and meet and talk to each other and to talk about things that, that might be just nice to have, but things that would be actually done and would make a difference. And going back to what we were saying right at the beginning – you know, developing therefore relationships that are truly mutually beneficial where everything everybody's got something to bring to the table. Yeah. And therefore everybody can take something away from the table. Yeah. And that's really how successful partnerships are yeah. going to go forward, aren't they? Absolutely. It's interesting because I mean the I you know, my former life when I was, you know, much more involved in, in a T and E institution, I mean I used to go to a lot of conferences where medical was was being discussed, proposed, you know, desired. And obviously it's very complex in terms of, you know, regulations, ethics, et cetera, et cetera. So it was, it was always sort of a, a conversation piece that, you know, I was, I was very interested in. Um, it's, it's nice to see that sort of um, still ongoing. But I, I very much like the, the, the triangulation, which includes industry uh, in T&E. And I think that's something... Um, uh, that sort of type of a model where, you know, T&E moves from, has moved from access to impact and, and that sort of, you know, yes. yeah, that sort of partnership where you're not guaranteeing employment, but it's at least focused on, you know, a national strategic objective, you know, there's, there's some sort of semblance of, mm-hmm. of turning soft skills into employability, et cetera. And so, I mean, I, I like that within t and I think it's a, a, a good sense of greater integration in the context. And, you know, I, I, it's a, yeah, it's an interesting, interesting idea. Um, Oh, it's not an idea. Obviously, it's it's in place and it's it's being successfully done in in many places. But I think it's a, I think it's a a, a good development um, within the T and E uh, landscape. I think that's absolutely right, and uh, and probably therefore something else to reflect on. And and maybe actually we should we should see if we can have some colleagues from industry come yeah onto the podcast to yeah. give us their points of view. That would be fantastic, wouldn't it? Um, but I think where we're still less good at is is bringing all of those people to the table together. Yeah. So we'll have some conversations over here with industry, won't we? Then we'll have some conversations over here with partners. And we don't always actually physically triangulate that bit. Yeah. And I think probably for some, that's the next step. And indeed, actually, when we were talking about this um, with the University of um, Economics in particular in Varna, uh, the lady there who was their, um, where their, their dean... Uh, which is like their, our pro vice chancellor, sort of equivalent, um, a Professor Bistro. Um, she was, the, you know, they're looking at investigating this opportunity very seriously. And, and their next step was going to be, well, we you know we're going to go away. We look, we're working very closely with industry to see what the options are. And then what we would like to do is to get round a table with you to see where we might be able to go with that altogether. Yeah. And that, I think, you know, again, one of those steps. Uh, that we need to start to be taking a little bit more, getting the right people around the table yeah. as well. But as you say, you know, with different types of institutions now, you know, with with industry leading certain institutions, we talked about this a little bit in our previous book, didn't we, we did. with, um, yeah. with Tim Gore. Um, so 
ensuring that we're also bringing business and industry into the equation and, and they're an active participant around the table, I think, as well as being um, obviously people that we talk to when, when students are in the process of you know, graduating or they're going on internships and things like that. I think probably having them more actively part of developing a curriculum, as often happens, of course, with degree apprenticeships, for example, and things like that. You know, will probably be another way in which we'd go, and and naturally that probably happens with PhDs. Yeah. Probably less so with other areas, but um, yeah, yeah. No, I mean it's it's, and particularly you know we, you know you're talking about this sort of more can-do attitude in terms of partnership development, uh, as opposed to the the, the paper-based. Uh, um, you'd have to assume that that type of approach would be more appealing to industry than the standard academic we've had a three-hour meeting and we haven't agreed that we've had a meeting <laughs> yes yes um <laughs> yeah um yeah so no i mean it's it's um uh, obviously there's you know we so thought... that's just um yeah just so that's really just some initial thoughts yeah yeah, yeah. tiny scratches at the surface for for bulgaria but as i say it was really fascinating looking forward to developing the relationships you know as we go forward we've got some clear actions that have come out of it ourselves um and uh and you know that is exciting in itself and looking forward to i suppose finally one thing to mention is something else we're looking at doing at swans is is not only what we're doing let's say within bulgaria but within that region mm. itself and seeing if again we can triangulate with some other universities with universities such as sophia university you know so yeah. potentially looking at what opportunities there might be in Romania, for example, and, and and how that might connect in and work. And and Greece, you know, it's, it's, there's obviously you get, again, there's, there's quite a lot of Bulgarian students that go to Greece. Well, they would, wouldn't they? Because mm. it's like the next country. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's their border yeah. and vice versa. So there's some interesting, and of course, Greece has got a very mature and longstanding, you know, T&E it does, it That's does. Great, and it? Colleague, colleagues that are interested need look no further than uh, Vangelis Tsiligiris, the TNE hub coordinator, who's written a tremendous amount. He and Janet Ilieva as well, they've written a tremendous amount on, on uh, Greek and Cypriot uh, uh, TNE activity. Um, yeah, no, some fascinating, fascinating stuff. I was just wondering, I guess, as we sort of wrap up, that um, in, a, in a way you've, you've done China, Bulgaria, so presumably the next one's going to be an A country as you work your way backwards down the, down the alphabet. <laughs> Um, and uh, right, yeah. what we should, what we need to do is, we need to look for some sort of sponsor. Off to Argentina. There you go. We need to look for some sort of sponsor that can can keep you moving around. And then we just need to ask Vicky if she'll sort of, you know, tap back into her previous travel writing experience, and she can she can write a uh, some sort of travel it's blog true, or book about it? this. Yeah, it will just you see, we're missing we're missing a bit synergy, of synergy, just synergy. Trick, yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. absolutely, um, wonderful. So, I mean. So please go and, as I will be doing, go and Google uh, University Sofia and and uh, marvel at clearly what's a wonderful place. And um, yeah, and, and hopefully tune in for future episodes where we, we talk to um, colleagues and students alike um, um, about, as you say, their reflections, their experiences, you know, just um, um, well, you and I will just turn the mic on, sit back and, and, uh, yeah. and, and listen. And so that'll be great. Yeah, yeah. Wonderful. Okay. So excellent. See you soon. Bye-bye.